Welcome to episode number 218, Heartbreak. I'm your host, Damon Soka. Heartbreak, caused by the loss of an emotional connection, is one of the most frequent and reoccurring themes of mental and emotional health issues. When we lose deep emotional connections due to death or other means, we can actually lose ourselves in the experience. Now, today we're going to start out with a story about a young woman who was attending college. Now, this experience occurred several years ago in one of those typical college towns. This young woman had been feeling sick. Nausea, headaches, foggy brain, lack of energy, unable to eat, and she just hadn't been sleeping very well. It had only been going on for a couple months, but it just didn't seem to quit, so she got herself an appointment at the wellness center. Now, her appointment happened to coincide with a very unique doctor. The doctor she happened to encounter was blind. And that's actually important to the story. The appointment was one of those regular visits we've all experienced. So what was happening, and why had she come in to see the doctor? Now, the blind nature of the doctor was a little unnerving, as it would be to most of us. But after a short discussion about her blindness, the young woman quickly warmed up to her. Then those typical questions began. So tell me why you came into the wellness center. The young woman began with her symptoms and her experiences. The tiredness, stomach problems, brain problems, just not being able to focus or to eat or to sleep. There were other things, but they were really minor. But she just couldn't seem to get rid of them. And as a doctor in Hollywood, she began to ask questions about school, if she, what she was eating, what she was exercising. And she asked why she wasn't sleeping well. You know, this wasn't her first year in school. She was a junior. School didn't seem to be more stressful than normal. In fact, it had become more enjoyable as she was pursuing the subjects that really excited her the most. Now, normally the doctor would take this information, order some blood tests, and then tell her to take it easy for a few days. Because that is what they are trained to do, to look for clues in the physical body. And yet this doctor didn't stop with this normal questions. She asked about her family and her friends. She specifically asked about her relationships. Now, the young woman gave some normal responses. Nothing seemed to be out of the ordinary. And the doctor then casually asked about if she had a relationship with a boyfriend. The young lady paused, and a tear began to form. And then it just came spilling out. About two months before, she had gone through a terrible breakup with what she thought was her soulmate. Was she expecting it, the doctor asked? The answer was not really. This doctor then dug deeper and found out many of her symptoms started about the time of the loss of this relationship. While the doctor still wanted those blood tests, as they always do, she gave her a quick test regarding her emotional and mental health. And this provided some information that her illness was actually likely the result of emotional loss. Turns out, in the end, the doctor was right, and with some medication, some counseling, and time, she returned to more normal life over the next few months and completed her college degree. Now, what was important about this doctor was that her blindness allowed her to listen a little more deeply and to understand that emotional and mental health is as important as physical health. She also understood the truth that our emotional health is directly related to our physical health. You can't really separate the two of them. She understood that suddenly breaking a deep emotional bond could cause serious symptoms to form in the physical body. And that really is one of the messages for today. Heartbreak is more than a passing emotional issue. It can become an emotional and mental health problem for many individuals. While there are many ways in which stress can induce the symptoms of mental and emotional illness, the most common among all of these is a loss of deep emotional connection with another person. The adage that time heals all wounds is not an all-encompassing idea or often even very true. 
Time itself does not necessarily heal wounds, especially emotional ones. What we find when someone loses a spouse or a friend to death, when someone has a difficult breakup, when friends move away, when we lose close emotional connection, almost every person experiences an emotional illness problem. Now, some people, individuals, heal rather quickly and work through what we call the grieving process within a short time frame. Now, grieving doesn't necessarily occur just once, so they may experience some other moments in time, but generally it does not seriously affect their lives and their ability to function. There exists, though, another set of people, and this is perhaps most common, who experience what might be termed a temporary emotional illness, where the event and loss does seriously affect their life and their ability to function, and they retreat for a time to grieve. Now, this temporary illness might be around for several weeks or months, but it does eventually get better. Better being the operative word, meaning the healing might take several months to a year or more, and the individual may be left with some lasting emotional issues, but they are not sufficient to completely alter their life. We find these individuals often reevaluate what is important in their lives and the purpose of life, and they are likely to make some changes, and those changes often cause some additional emotional distress, but after a time we find that the temporary nature of emotional illness does wear off and they are able to lead a more normal life. There does exist another set of individuals that is much smaller to this last group who will experience temporary moments of mental and emotional illness the remainder of their life, but it tends to come and go rather than be there throughout the entirety of their life. These are individuals who go through phases of healing and life-altering moments, but where the emotional illness symptoms tend to diminish over several years and remain more temporary than permanent. Their symptoms may be at times life-altering, but they tend to return to a more normal life after some time. Now, finally, there exists a group of individuals who never fully recover from the emotional loss and depression and anxiety, and even bipolar, and become an ever-reoccurring part of their life. These persons will suffer some type and level of mental and emotional illness for the remainder of their life. They will need some counseling, what we might call brain training, and even some medications. What is most unfortunate about these wonderful people is that they believe that they are weak or broken or unworthy because their emotional illness remains and even reoccurs rather than the healing they are hoping to find. They see others work through their grief and then return to their employment and their previous life relate relatively unaffected and wonder why they do not feel the same. They feel lost, hopeless, downcast, and simply stupefied by their continued emotional problems and how drastically it has altered their life. Many times these same persons will mask their emotions for weeks, months, and even years, thinking to fake it till you make it. But the masking only seems to make things worse. They feel stuck and weak and lost. The most unfortunate thing about it is, is that their belief is actually entirely wrong. They are not weak or stuck or lost. They are experiencing an emotional or mental health crisis or issue. No different in many senses to the way we experience something like COVID so differently in our lives. For me, COVID is a very difficult disease causing autoimmune issues for many months after an infection. For my wife, she never feels it. Our genetics are just different and there really isn't anything I can do about it. That is really the same for those who suffer the loss of a deep emotional connection and find themselves in a world of mental and emotional illness. You don't get to decide how your emotional body responds to a certain type of stress. 
That really has already been determined. And since your emotional body informs your physical body, your physical body is going to feel symptoms. There is nothing wrong with a person who has a long-term mental and emotional health issue due to this loss of connection, any more than a person who suffers more physical difficulty with COVID, the flu, or any physical disease. Heartbreak is similar to, I guess in many ways, a virus. You cannot determine how your body is going to react, but you can determine how to treat it. For some viruses, we do nothing, but for others, we give medications, and not everyone even needs the same medications. Emotional health is not something we can simply control with our minds. Yes, we can certainly train our emotions and our mind. We can also keep our mental and emotional well-being in the best state possible, given our circumstances. But we can only control so much about our emotional health. That is really the first lesson of mental and emotional health. You really only have limited control. And anyone who has experienced a mental health crisis knows that limited control may be far more limited than you might expect. Admitting that you have emotional limits goes a long way to finding some healing. When we do not admit to any limit and believe we are fully in control, we fight the healing process, and we can create a much greater problem down the road. When we lose an emotional connection, especially one that is deep and intertwined, we truly lose a part of ourselves. One thing that most individuals don't know or understand is that we actually store a lot of information in another person's brain when we become connected. Meaning, I use my wife to remember things and she uses me. Now, this is true in almost every close relationship. And when you lose these storage locations, it can feel as though you have lost a part of your mind. The second thing that occurs is much deeper, a deeper spiritual connection. As spouse, friends, and close family, we work together for the benefit of each other. We make sacrifices, effort, and we cause our identity to be intertwined with those close connections meaning our mind begins to see our identity as connected with the other person. When we begin to merge our identity with that of another person, this is actually the process of becoming one. If we work at relationships, this process can become very deep and interconnected. When a loss suddenly occurs, we can literally feel as though we have lost our identity. And if you really think about it, that's probably very true. Individuals feel a deep loss of identity and memory when someone close to them leaves the relationship or dies. This loss creates a deep emotional rift and split in the identity, which in turn causes the symptoms of depression, anxiety, and bipolar. One can literally feel significant pain during a breakup or death, and that pain is real. It may not be physical damage to a part of the anatomy. It can be and is often emotional damage. But because our emotions use the same neural pathways as our physical pain, we feel it as pain. And we naturally think that perhaps our physical body is injured or we're sick, or rather than, of course, our emotional body. This is the experience of the young woman in our story. She felt sick and nauseous, but really didn't equate it to her emotional breakup. That is because we are trained to view physical illness as physical. Science, society, and even church culture tends to view physical illness as physical rather than emotional. We are taught that we can fully control and train our emotions, and thus they are not something that should cause physical illness. Now, the idea that emotions are fully controlled and we are responsible for all of them is detrimental to those who suffer with mental and emotional illness. This is especially true in a religious sense. When you see emotions as something to control and that can be fully controlled, You leave no room for illness.
You leave no room for those who suffer, and that just creates greater suffering. While we should leave room for working with our emotions in varying degrees, we should never deny the pains of another. The truth is that emotions are a very complex combination of our spirits and body and the chemistry of the body, where the difficulties of our spiritual nature can and do cause emotional issues that cannot be resolved by simply thinking about it or forgetting it. So then what can we do about this type of heartbreak and the possibility of mental and emotional illness? So when we lose someone close, we are going to need to form new patterns and a new identity. Even when we fully believe that families will live on to the next life and we are sealed for eternity, we need a new identity to allow us to function without the same connectivity we once enjoyed. This doesn't mean that we must erase the previous identity. In fact, we don't have to significantly revise who we are, but we do need to provide for an identity that works with our new life experience. We're going to need to fill in the gaps left by the loss in new ways. So often individuals attempt to do this, but by just plugging in another relationship. But I admit that rarely works. When we come, become one with a unique person or deeply connected, we create an identity that encompasses two unique individuals. Plugging in a completely different unique individual into that previous relationship and expecting the oneness to be identical is simply not going to happen and often leads to another devastating loss of emotional connection. We must create a different identity with the new person, a different relationship. The oneness and emotional connection will not be the same as the previous one. This doesn't mean we can't be as happy with the new relationship. It just means we need to treat it as building a new identity and relationship rather than attempting to fill in the old one. When we attempt to heal by simply plugging someone else into a relationship, we almost always fail and create deeper problems. While we can't determine if our emotional loss will bring forth an emotional illness, we can do things to help us prepare for and heal after a loss. Now, naturally, developing one's testimony of the Savior, the resurrection, and Christ's healing power are really great places to start. And we can also take care of our physical body to the best of our ability as far as preparation. And I really don't think those answers are a surprise to anyone. But what do we do when an emotional loss suddenly comes to our lives, when the preparation is passed and the moment has arrived. The first thing to realize is that everyone grieves differently, and each emotional body takes its own unique path. Attempting to rush the grieving process or to bury it will not provide the healing that is necessary. We must admit the loss and then begin bringing our lives back together. Both processing the loss and reconstructing our identity will take time and effort. We're going to feel pain and anguish and several other unpleasant feelings as we work through what has occurred. It is common to feel angry, even at the person whom you lost, frustrated, depressed, weak, and searching for answers that we just cannot seem to find. We will often question our core beliefs and what we have held to be true throughout our lives. We may even evaluate how deep our testimony really does run about the atonement of the Savior and the resurrection. Allow yourselves to feel these emotions, but do not wallow in them. Let them run their course and pass through you. One of the hardest things to do sometimes is simply to allow yourself to heal and be happy again. We should allow for happiness as soon as that happiness comes. If the grieving does not come immediately, that is fine also. The emotional body can remain in shock for some time before that process begins. 
Grieving may also differ from loss to loss. We all lose individuals in our lives from time to time, and we may grieve differently with each one. So we should expect to grieve, but we should not predictate how our grieving should go. Next, we should not grieve any longer than is needful. If you feel happy one day and society tells you it's too early, don't listen. The opposite is also true. If society tells you that you should be over it by now, you might not be, and that is actually okay. What needs to occur is grieving and healing, though. We do need to pursue healing. There exist good reasons why our mind and emotional body grieve, and we certainly need to allow for it. But in the process, we need to pursue healing. Now, healing can come in many ways, and we should seek out competent professionals for help, including spiritual ones. However, healing, true healing, will only come one way, and that is through the mercy and merits of the atonement of the Savior. And we need to seek out these particular blessings. They have already been provided for us. We simply need to seek for them. They may not come in the way and timing you expect, but I promise they do come. One of the reasons that immortality, resurrection, and reconnection is so wonderful to us is because we have experienced these heartbreak moments in mortality. The resurrection is sweeter because we have experienced loss. Another reason that we feel loss and grief is so that we might help others through that process. One of the reasons that I believe that I have been afflicted with mental and emotional health problems while being a member of a church, of this church, is that I have been able to help others find hope in the Savior. We actually can become saviors upon Mount Zion through our experiences and help others find healing and hope. We can empathize, show compassion, and truly walk with someone through what might be their valley of death as they navigate difficult moments. Sometimes we just need someone to walk beside us knowing that they have experienced something we are passing through. We all need each other as we work through our emotional difficulties and illnesses, and I hope today that you have found a little more hope and healing as you navigate this mortal life. May the Lord bless you in all that you do to heal yourself and others. Until next week, do your part so that the Lord can do His.